One of the hardest jobs for a founder and CEO is to hire a great engineering team. And if you're based in the Bay, competing with the salaries of Google and Facebook does not make it any easier, which is why I'm really excited to introduce our next sponsor, Turing. Turing makes it really easy to build a software engineering team. Go to Turing.com and they will find you hand-selective top-tier engineers that can work with you on a remote basis. Turing.com is backed by Foundation Capital, Founders Fund, other execs from Google, Facebook, Amazon, and more. And they are on a path to help companies like you find a remote engineering team and not spend years doing it. So if this is interesting to you in any capacity, I would check out Turing.com, T-U-R-I-N-G.com. And when they ask you, how'd you hear about Turing, make sure to tell them you came from the Forward Thinking Founders podcast, specifically tell them Matt Sherman 6, 6 is in the month June, and get that remote engineering team today, not in six months, not in a year, today. And by the way, you get a two-week risk-free trial to give it a shot. So what are you waiting for? Go to Turing.com, T-U-R-I-N-G.com, and I'll see you over there. Now let's get into the show. All right. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions of the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Jason Bade, who's the creator of Pico. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me. It's going pretty good. Awesome to hear. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to have you on. I'm really intrigued in what you're building. Um, I think it's really interesting. So I'm excited to have you explain to everyone what it is. So for people that don't know what Pico is or what you're working on, can you describe what you're working on? Sure. Yeah. So, uh, you know, in, in short, Pico is signups and payments for internet businesses that don't fit the very highly specified profile of of a Shopify site, let's say, right? Uh, if you don't have goods that are inventoried and fulfilled and shipped, um, where do you go to have easy um, shop setup, CRM, signups, identity management, et cetera? And so that's what we do. And uh, the preponderance of that for us now is in media startups that are trying to figure out hey, how do we sign up users? How do we gate certain content? How do we sell people subscriptions? How do we sell people memberships, et cetera? Um, but increasingly, we're seeing folks just using us for signups and CRM and, 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 or just our payment landing pages. So this is a, a space, this is kind of a world that I pay a lot of attention to. Um, as someone who's been writing on the internet for literally a decade, but only recently realized, oh my gosh, like there's like a different business model. I'm kind of curious that you can, you know, you can start. Um, I'm kind of curious, when did you decide to start Pico? And why at that moment? Like why, what, why was it at that moment that you thought it was a good timing versus like 10 years ago or like three years from now? I guess I would love to hear a little bit about the origin story of why you started it. Yeah, yeah. So that assumes great perscopacity about how the future is going to turn out and that you happen to be in the moment knowing exactly the right timing about whatever market you're thinking about entering. And I will betray no such, uh, you know, uh, assumptions about myself and Nick, my co-founder. To put it simply, um, we were, let's see, this was maybe four, four and a half years ago. We are very active consumers of news media. And Nick's sister is a 
is a journalist. She's currently a national correspondent for CNN. And so through her and then sort of just through what we sensed as design guys, product guys who were consuming news from a bunch of different sites online four and a half years ago, um, we just sensed that there was a shift that was about to happen in business model. And, you know, what we were hearing from her was, was that, hey, well, the budgets are decreasing and ads aren't paying for everything anymore. And an increasing number of sites were moving toward uh, paywalls and stuff like this. And what we saw on the, on the ground as consumers was that there was really poor user experience and really poor pricing packaging and just nothing. It was basically like newspapers that were just moving their print analog product online and then saying, hey, without giving thought to what would a digital specific product market fit look like. Um, and, and it occurred to us that the only way that these companies could actually develop a product that would fulfill demand for consumers like Nick and me, who actually really do want to be informed and want to pay even small amounts to stay informed and keep up in the communities that we care about, whether it's you know national interest news or, or very specific niches that we care about. Um, they would need tools that would allow them to do ongoing customer development while they were selling product. They would need tools that would allow them to actually build customer relationships as opposed to the mostly ad-based relationships these, these sites were used to. And so that's kind of how we stumbled into this. We just really cared about, about this space, regardless of what the TAM was, regardless of what uh, uh, the existing business models look like. We just knew we could help this space. And so we just sought out as product designers to figure out a way to do that. So let's talk about how it works. Um, you know, if they're, let's say a, a bunch of creators are, are listening and they're looking for, they're looking for options, like, you know, tools to use. Can you kind of go a little in more into detail on how Pico works, what types of products you've built and how a creator today could use what you've built to, to make money on the internet? Sure. So I think the easiest way to think about what we've done is what, you know, we went out and mostly it's local news sites that we serve uh, at the moment. And we recognize that a lot of them were using, actually many of them had never asked for money directly from their audience before. They were mostly relying on advertising. Um, and when they did have any personal relationship, customer relationship, if you will, with readers, it was through an email signup. So they had maybe a MailChimp account and then they had maybe a WordPress site. And that was the extent of their online business. Uh, and we, we recognize that whatever the revenue model might be, memberships, paid newsletters, subscriptions, subscription paywalls, donations, all of which Pico now operates. So you can, you can go on to Pico and you can set up any of those types of business models, um, either integrated into your site or just standalone on a landing page. So that's Pico, if you're, if you're wondering. But what we, what we realized is that folks were using MailChimp as their CRM. And they were using their websites, which essentially were just WordPress and they weren't, or Squarespace or whatnot. Nowadays, we see a lot of Webflow and Ghost and stuff like that. But these are just websites with no actual storefront built into them. And so that's what we've come to understand is that what we can do is say, hey, well, keep your website, keep your email list, keep your email service provider. But what happens if you actually turn your email list into something more than just a, a marketing uh, mechanism what if you actually can 
make that part of your product? What if you can sell premium email? What if you can use a landing page plus your email list to sell memberships, right? Um, or, or what if you can use part of your website plus Pico to sell one-time passes to virtual events and stuff like that? So that's, that's where we've, we've evolved, where we, we found these publishers who were hacking these tools together to try to create product and customer relationship from that product. And, and it was really not working up to the task. These were, these were tools designed for marketing, not for actual product delivery, not for actual um, uh, payments. So you mentioned in, I believe your last answer that it's, you know, you're trying to build something more sophisticated, almost in some, I think you might've said this, if not, I'm inferring it, but almost like a CRM for your, for your email list or subscribers. And so you can do more with that. Can you, like, as someone who, I've been a heavy user, you know, of MailChimp and whatnot. Um, But there's like, I feel like there is a, a, you know, a lack of something in my stack that kind of is like a hub spot, but for my own subscribers or for my own followers, can you kind of describe it? How do you think about even building that? Like, like, do you, do, does he, I don't, I don't, I don't know exactly know how to, how to ask that question other than how do you think about building a CRM, but instead of for small businesses, for just individuals who are starting, who are, who are, you know, creating content or local news companies that are creating content, how do you think about the CRM for that front versus like for enterprise customers, like a Salesforce or a HubSpot? It's funny you say that because um, we try hard to actually stay away as much as possible from larger enterprise customers because we know that those would pull us in this sort of like, cash up front now, but they're going to want us to customize our roadmap and all this stuff. Whereas we're, we're very focused on exactly the future you're describing, which is individuals, which is small, medium sized businesses who don't know what a CRM is. They don't have sophisticated tooling around keeping track of their customer relationships, but what they all have in common you know, maybe they have a website, maybe they have an email list, but they're beginning to understand that they have not just one revenue stream that can be completely managed on a platform like Eventbrite or Shopify or even Square if they have a physical location. They, they realize that they actually have multiple, um, by the way, you might have to edit out. I don't know if you hear the, if you hear the door. Yeah, it's all, it's really soft. It's all good. <laughs> okay, very good. Um, it looks like I have a delivery. So hopefully the, I think it's stopped. So <laughs> anyway, sorry about that. Um, but what I was saying is, you know, you have, you have these small media sized bit, small and medium um, sized businesses who have, um, you know, they've in many ways, the internet has been a marketing surface area for them. They have a website, they collect emails and that's it. Um, and then to the extent that they might develop a quote unquote digital revenue model it would be through it would be very very singular shopify square eventbrite etc kickstarter whatever um some obviously patreon um but the idea of like well wait a minute what if what if my brand actually has more than one revenue stream and what if what if not all the things i'm selling are actually fulfilled goods to the extent that I would have like a marketing site plus Shopify. No, actually, I'm, I, might have, I might have a bunch of revenue streams and some of those revenue streams might be direct subscriptions, direct memberships, um, et cetera. And so that's, that's really the market that we're 
we're building for because we realize that that this type of business is just exploding that they didn't used to exist before but especially with covid um everyone's going to move part of their business online in some way so they might have they might have yoga classes in person that you pay for in person let's say um but then maybe you stream you go uh, you know to do two yoga classes in person at the at your local yoga studio and then you come home and that third day of the week you know what i'm just going to stream it today but instead of streaming that fancy app that i've subscribed to i'm just going to i want to stream my yoga instructor okay well how does that local yoga shop that previously was just on squarespace and mailchimp right how do they maintain that Com- that commerce relationship with someone that sort of spans IRL, spans online, spans email, spans our website, et cetera. So, so that, we think about that a lot. And, and it's not just individual creators. It's not just, it's not just SMB publishers. Um, it's folks who need a CRM that is, that is not really HubSpot or Salesforce. Those things are really way over-designed for, for an individual or a small or medium-sized business who doesn't have an inside sales team is not is not doing deals is not structuring their business that way so as you're talking i'm in, mentally trying to place you in a certain like category of where you're on the creator stack you know you mentioned a bunch of tools like patreon um shopify you know square uh what not, like there's, there's many others of ways that creators can make money on the internet i but none of these none of them are a crm they're all just a way that you can make money in one vertical. For example, I'm a user of Substack. That is, you know, making money from a newsletter. If I wanted to do buy me a coffee, that could be like consulting, but it's all kind of like singular and there's no CRM. Are you, um, I'm I mean, sorry if this is a weird they're question. They're all platforms. Yeah. They're all platforms. Yeah. Are you, so are you kind of like the CRM for the creator that's using all these platforms? Are you like, are, are you, are you trying to be the platform and the CRM instead of having creators use seven different of these apps? They just use yours. I guess, can you describe where you fit in, where you think you fit in and the overall creator ecosystem as it is nascent and just being formed, you know, at, at the very moment, every day that passes? Yeah. Um, so I, th- I think that's about right. I, there are some things that we don't do very well if you think of like endpoint revenue streams that you might go to a platform for so for example event ticketing we don't really do event ticketing so um you might use eventbrite and you might integrate that with pico but we're not gonna we're not competing against eventbrite we want them to you want we want you to integrate your eventbrite account with pico um but when it comes to a lot of these other uh, a lot of these other revenue-based platforms, you think of something like Gumroad or Patreon uh, or Kickstarter, et cetera. It's kind of like, I don't know. I don't even GoFundMe, which is not really meant for creators, but I, I, I don't like the idea of folks building businesses online when they're giving payment sovereignty, so to speak, to these platforms. Um, and what I mean by that is, when you come to Pico, you come with your own Stripe account. And then Pico is but an application. This is on top of it. And it's a powerful one, right? It's a CRM. It's identity. It's OAuth. And then it has multiple sort of payment applications. If you want to create subscriptions, if you want to create paid newsletters, if you want to create memberships, if you want to create donations, 
you want to create one-time passes, um, Pico does that. Pico doesn't do everything. Uh, you can, you, you know, you might need to augment Pico with other things, but I think the idea of like, Hey, actually, you know what, if I'm going to be a business, if I'm not just, not just going to be an amateur who's doing a one-time thing on one of these platforms, I need to be serious about it. I need it to be my own Stripe account. I need to, I need to graduate, so to speak, to these sort of, uh, I, I guess I'd call them professional creator tools, professional business tools that are not like, I wouldn't call them enterprise in the sense that, you know, you're going to do a, a one-year contract and it's going to get negotiated and it's going to be an integration team and all the things that you're used to hearing uh, through an enterprise sales deal that frankly, I, I can't, I just, it's all bullshit too. I can't stand that stuff, but it's like, no, this is a tool. It's a very professional tool. It's a tool that businesses use because now we're, now I'm treating this creator project like an actual business. Um, that's how, that's how we think about our customers. Our customers are not just amateurs who are doing a hobby. Our customers are, are tend to be teams of people who have decided that this is a business and I need a professional way of managing that business. And part of that professional stack is having my own Stripe account, you know, and being able to plug it into multiple things, not just Pico, not just whatever, whatever tool I'm using. It makes me so excited for the future about, you know, you're enabling, yeah, you're enabling people and, you know, or groups of people to be pros and, and make money in dynamic ways, which is really important. I, I, I pay really close attention to this, to this ecosystem and Pico, I think feels like a giant need of like, okay, so you got this, you got that, but what about kind of the, like, like the pro level or the the next level, which is which is exciting. I kind of want to for the last couple of questions. I I want to look more forward and you know look forward and out to the vision of Pico. So let's say it's ten years from now, twenty years from now, however 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 far out that you want to go. What do you what does Pico look like? And ultimately, in other words, what's your big vision? Where where are you rowing to every day? It's funny because, you know. The, in some respects, the vision that Nick and I started this company for is going to seem very small, but um, that's the mission that drives us and has driven recruiting and has driven like the team culture to the extent that those things are so strong that like that is um, that is the vision, like uh, which is building amazing infrastructure for news businesses. We care so much about that. That was one of the things that we were really excited when, when Stripe led our last investment round. Um, we got really, you know, the Carlson brothers are really excited about the news and, and publishing. And, and um, there's this vision of just this state-of-the-art infrastructure being available to news businesses, local news businesses especially, to be able to just imagine having a news business where you can, you can have memberships and then events are tied in and then you can, you actually you're using Stripe hardware to like sign up recurring payments in person at local events. Like just the, there's such a, there's such a expansive vision about how our product vision applies to that niche. Of, of course though, that niche is, is quite small. And so when we think about the vision for Pico overall, part of it is, well, how do we build a company that services this, this niche that we care about so deeply, but in learning from that niche is able to serve so many other entrepreneurs and creators and SMBs. And so, you know, we were just talking to some musical artists the other day, you know, they have pretty strong following on Instagram. Um, but now they're not touring because of COVID and they have no, 
way they don't know who their they don't know who their customers their users are because they've been disintermediated. I should say they've been intermediated and uh, by you know Spotify and YouTube and Instagram and uh, Ticketmaster and all these things. They have no way of actually playing with their business model with playing with well, how do we serve our customer base? We 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 can't even play around with that because we don't know who they are. They're not in a CRM. And so I think about businesses like that um, or businesses like my local, like I said earlier, yoga studio, or honestly, there's a a wine shop down the street. They send out newsletters every day to me um, about what they're stocking and and interesting content around that. Um, And then they do events and they have sales and they, they do things that are special for people on their email list. What, what kind of economic activity is unlocked when these businesses have infrastructure that al- allows them to sort of move back and forth between online and offline seamlessly across their customer base, allow them to develop products around subscriptions and, and one-time payments and things like that, again, seamlessly, whether it's online, whether it's hardware, doesn't matter. Um, what happens when you kind of unlock these silos of SMB business platforms? Like we have Square, we have Shopify, et cetera, et cetera. But what happens when you actually have something that that crosses among those things so that your business is truly, it doesn't really matter where it is. It's sort of ephemeral. That to me is super exciting. And I think the most exciting bit is we're not quite sure what those businesses all look like. We have a very strong idea of like what's, what people are building now on Pico, what they're looking to build tomorrow. Um, but like five years, 10 years from now, I think we're going to see really strong businesses that just exist across, across kind of all these touch points, across all these media. And that's super exciting to, to Nick and me and our whole team. It's a big vision. It's a lofty vision, big challenge, which means you'll need some help, right? You'll obviously need customers. You may need some more investors, employees, but, but lastly, you'll definitely need help from the forward-thinking founders community. So for my last question for you, what is something that the forward-thinking founders community can do to help you push your vision forward and maybe achieve it a little faster than you would have otherwise? otherwise? In other words, do you even ask for anyone listening? <laughs> uh, do we have an ask? Well, what would I ask? Um, well, we're we're just about to close uh, hiring for one position, and we have some really amazing people. Otherwise, I would say, hey, please send us your best your best folks. Um, we're always interested in great in great talent. I think you know this is sort of like the R and D side of Pico. I'm really excited to have people check out our product, our tool, and see what's possible with it. If I have to give you know Nick and me a a lower grade in any aspect of being entrepreneurs. Like, believe me, we're not perfect in many, many senses. There are many regrets. Every, every month is a regret, right? But um, one of the things that n- neither of us are particularly, you know, we're both product people. We build really great product that matches the customers we're serving now and the vision we have. And part of that means that we're not necessarily the best hype guys. We're not necessarily great at, at the sort of, marketing side of being a founder, which is very important. Um, and we, we are very interested in like, who are the people that we don't know that we've not built a community around that we've not reached out to that we've not marketed to what could they take out of an infrastructure? Like we've built, what could they build with it? Um, someone just connected us the other day to, um, uh, uh, you know, medium sized opera, uh, company you know, performing arts opera company. And it ends up that 
they're looking to build out product for coronavirus times, you know, quarantine times that would perfectly suit Pico. And if it weren't for the fact that one of said upper company's board members was a investor in Pico, I'm not sure they would have found Pico and I'm not sure we would have found them. And so that's, that's one of those things that as a, as a very early stage company that is, is still creating, you know, marketing surface area to find use cases of, of people who are actually in a way living in the future that we envision five years from now, but they're already trying to do those things now. It's really exciting to find those folks earlier and sooner. And so, uh, you know, uh, if there's an ask, it's, it's that we, we invite some of those people into, into our lives sooner. And if those types of people are listening and I can guarantee you they are, I feel like a lot of my audience kind of is that persona. Where can they find Pico online? What's your URL? Do you have an email or a social media handle? I guess, how can they get in touch for the, for the last question of the podcast? Sure. I, I would love it if someone came on this podcast and had no website to give you. That would be like the ultimate in uh, con, you know, controversial marketing. But we are, we are no such. Yeah, I know, right? Like, no, we, we're not online. You have to send us a postcard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, we are, awesome. we're, at, we're at tripico.com, P-I-C-O. And, um, everything you need is there. I try to make my email pretty available. Um, it's uh, Jason B at tripico.com. Um, so there you go. It's as available as it's going to be. I just gave it to you. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, we, we like to get in touch. We, we're pretty good. And if it's, if it's not me or, or, uh, my co-founder or someone on the team, uh, we'll get back to you pretty quick. So we're, we're pretty good at being in touch with people who, who reach out to us. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I'm really excited about the future of Pico and what you'll be able to create for um, for pro creators that want to go big with what they're doing. So I just appreciate you coming on. Best of luck with Pico. And, and I'll be watching from afar and, and we'll probably become a customer when I'm going pro. So um, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> of, of course. Thanks, Matt. I appreciate it. All right, thank you for tuning in to that episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I really want to thank our sponsors of today's episode, Turing, for supporting June's episodes of Forward Thinking Founders. If you are a startup founder or a CEO and have any need for technical talent or need an engineering team, specifically a remote engineering team, I highly encourage you to check out Turing.com and see what they can do for you. They have a two-week risk-free trial where you can check out what they have going on and if you go over to turing.com t-u-r-i-n-g.com tell them matt sherman sent you tell them matt sherman six six being the month of june thanks for listening to today's episode and i'll see you tomorrow peace